Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Thankful for another beautiful day and thankful that the sun is coming up in the morning that in the midst of this a broken world that we live in, that there is a day coming where uh, all things are made new and so grateful for uh, that hope and that promise that we have in Christ. And that's really where we find ourselves uh, in the book of First Peter, of people that are walking through persecution and difficult times and who are facing all kinds of uh, stresses and all kinds of things. And I, I wonder... You know, this morning, I think about just all the things that we walk through uh, in this life. And I wonder who this morning is in the midst of a time where they feel stress. Probably every single one of us. You know, we come together and we worship our great God, and I'm convinced... uh, that worship is our greatest weapon in the battle with worry and the greatest weapon and, and reminder. Uh, when we recognize who our God is, it puts our stresses and our anxieties and all those kind of things in the proper perspective. And I thank God for uh, those that lead us in worship, those that come and point us to the very throne room of heaven, right, and remind us that the sun is coming up in the morning. You know, we, a couple of weeks back, I shared uh, just kind of a crazy turn of events at my house. Some of you were here and uh, just kind of shared how, in a, in a moment, my mind kind of ran away and I ended up pulling a calf muscle trying to save my family from what was, I thought was going on, right? And it was just kind of this perfect storm of events. We'd had the police come to our house and share about something that was going on uh, down the road and just kind of a sense of awareness. Then our internet goes out. That's what happens on all the movies, right? So whenever something happens, then all of a sudden there's other things that happen. The lights begin to flicker. Our lights didn't begin to flicker. But I mean, that's what you see uh, in the movies, right? And so the internet goes out and my mind is going, well, I wonder why our internet's out. Our internet's at the end of the road. That's kind of weird. I I wonder what, we have an antenna that's out there and it's kind of away from the house that reaches across to another mountain. And I'm thinking, and all these things, and so I'm downstairs, I'm on this ladder, I'm, you know, working on the internet, all of a sudden I hear screams from the house, and my mind uh, above me, I hear my daughter screaming just frantically, I hear my wife screaming frantically, immediately my mind begins to wonder what's going on, then not only are they screaming, and while they're screaming in my mind, I felt like there is someone at our door, and they are screaming because there's someone at their door, and they, they need me, and so my mind begins to feel in that direction, and I think, oh my goodness, I've got to get up there quick, but everything seems like it's moving in slow motion and it probably was compared to some fast people but for me it was like all that I could move right and so I'm hearing those kind of things in my mind uh, then uh, releases right the amygdala the part of our brain that releases adrenaline that says hey it's time to fight or it's time to run it's that fight or flight moment and it says you've got to get upstairs quickly and then all of a sudden I hear them screaming and running through the house which means that not only were those evil people maybe at the door but now they've got in and my family is running so I must move faster and I must go to protect them as quick as
as I can. And I get upstairs and I look at my wife and I say, where is he at? That's how far my mind had gone in this moment. And she says, the bedroom. And so I go toward the bedroom to protect my family and I find a dog that is this long in our bedroom yelping because he chewed through an electric cord and was being electrocuted at that time. Not in that moment, like it was over by then. But all those things had happened and my mind took me down a road that was inaccurate for the things that were taking place. And have you ever noticed that our mind naturally goes to the worst possible situation sometimes? Have you ever noticed that? Like you, you wake up and you're like, oh man, you ate like seven pieces of pizza and you wake up and you're like, oh man, I'm having, I don't know, I feel a little funny. I'm, I'm probably having a heart attack. You know, you, you, there's all these kind of things that go in those moments. But the reality is that we have a lot of things that come at us. There's a lot of circumstances in our lives. There's a lot of pressures. Interestingly, looking statistically in the United States in 2020, a CDC survey said that anxiety or depression symptoms had increased over 200 percent from 2019, and those numbers were already high in our midst. There's interesting statistics that it seems like young people have been most impacted in some of these unusual times. I had a physician tell me that in the midst of COVID that he was prescribing more antidepressants than he was antibiotics. And he was talking about the condition of our young people. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, an estimated 16 million American adults Almost 7% of the population had at least one major depressive episode in the last year. It's interesting. We think about anxiety and we think about the, the pressures that we feel. And today we're going to begin a two-week um, look at anxiety. And, and we're going to talk about what it looks like to cast our anxiety on Him, on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, And it's my hope that as we dig into this, that we can be challenged, every one of us, to trust God in a greater way. And also to love with great compassion those that struggle and go through difficult times of anxiety that we may not fully understand. Because it's complicated. If you see a, a picture of anything that refers to anxiety, and there was a little graphic that uh, Kelly had made for us for this sermon series, and you'll see in it there's kind of this little, uh, I think it's in there maybe, there's a kind of a tangled, not that one, the, the, there should be a graphic at the beginning. That In the background of that, which is hard to see on the screen, there's, a, there's kind of a tangled little web, it almost looks like yarn that's just everywhere. And when I think about anxiety, I think about this fuzzy mess, and, and it, it's hard to make out there, but you can see this kind of tangle in behind it, and it's complicated because there's a lot of things that impact it, right? There's these, uh, th this reality that, you know, as we walk in, in this life, right, that our physical uh, well-being impacts um, things, and there's kind of a mesh uh, in our lives that, that a lot of things kind of connect together, right? Our, our, uh, you know, we have lack of sleep and it compounds other things that are in our life. If we, uh, you know, there's so many things that kind of add to um, our stress levels and our anxiety levels. And I, I want to mention a few things as we begin to, to navigate 
um, just this reality that this battle that we all face with worry and anxiety and those kind of things. And I want to remind you, first of all, that the church is, and by the way, we are the church, us. The church is a safe place to struggle. The, surf, the church is a safe place for those who struggle. When we look around, sometimes we, there's a stigma that can come along with a struggle with anxiety or navigating difficult things. And churches, I think, need to recognize the need in a greater way because there are people that are in our church, there are people that are in uh, this room this morning with a number of people that are here that are uh, walking through challenges and difficult things and some that may be struggling in the midst of those things. I'm reminded that there are pastors that struggle in this. A recent survey said that 27% of pastors uh, would say that they are under deep anxiety or issues. We've seen throughout our country and even in our own community where uh, pastors have committed suicide, where there are things that weigh us down and all those pieces that are there. And so there's got to be a safe place for those who struggle. And we need to recognize the need. And most importantly, we need to end the shame when it comes to those things. We believe that, that the church is the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. And that means that we go into the darkest situations and the toughest situations and we bring light. And it means that we walk with people who are suffering, right? This letter and, and so much of what we've looked at in the previous weeks has talked about suffering, has talked about walking through difficult times. And we said that, that, that God leads us, right, toward this hope, right, that we go through this life, not, not around suffering, but through the path of suffering. But we're promised that he is with us in that. And he's given us the body of Christ to walk together in the midst of difficult times. So we walk with those who are suffering, no matter what suffering looks like. I also want to just say, if anyone here, anyone that's listening online, if there is anyone that is in a situation where the anxieties and stresses of this life have become all-consuming or overwhelming, I want to encourage you that this is a safe place that you can reach out for help, that our pastors would long to come alongside you in whatever way that we can. We would long to get help in counseling, whatever those dynamics would look like. But there's this reality that worry and anxiety, that dealing with those kind of things is a battle for all of us. Now, last week, we saw this recognition that these people that are walking through these difficult times, they, they don't need uh, self-help books. They didn't say, hey, you've got to figure out how uh, to, to get them all these things to somehow improve. Now, and, and there's some of those things that can be beneficial at times. But what they said is that they need a shepherd, and they need the Word of God, and they need to be loved in the midst of that, not to be ruled over, but to be loved and to come alongside. They need those kind of things because there's this reality that we live in this life as sheep, right? God refers to us as sheep. Scripture says that uh, like sheep, we've all gone astray. We've gone our own ways, and as sheep, and we can get in some messes. Anybody recognize that? We can get in some things. And we can even 
get in the same thing over and over. You'll see a little video that was sent to me by several of you uh, after last week, and you'll see this little sheep here uh, stuck, and this little guy, man, I'm sure he is glad to get out of the air. Oh, man, we can sure have our moments, right, where... So as we walk into this, we want to recognize that we all can become overwhelmed. We all have to learn to navigate the stresses and pressures of this life. And this has been a year of craziness, right? This has been a year. We have walked through some, some crazy things, and our mind goes a hundred different directions with how to react and what to do. Uh, as a church, we've wondered, you know, what do we do? We remember a year ago when COVID first hit, it's like, man, there's a swarm of things going through this old guy's mind. There's a swarm of things going through our church's mind. There's a swarm of things going through uh, our staff's mind. And, and then there's a ton of voices that are coming from all different directions. And it looks like this big swarm and there's anxiety in the midst of that. But I'm reminded in kind of this overarching statement we're going to look at, at a, a couple of verses today. We're going to go from 1 Peter chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 5. We're going to pick back up from last week, and we're going to walk to verse number 7. And there's kind of this overarching thought that I want you to think about, that I want you to have as we go into this. And there's this statement that you'll see on the screen, but it says, Followers of Christ, clothed with, clothed with humility, are to cast all their cares on Him, knowing He cares for them. So followers of Christ, clothed in humility, are to cast all of our cares on him, but knowing that he cares for them. Look with me at verse 5. I'm going to pray for us and we'll jump into the word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, God, for uh, every person that will uh, hear this message uh, later online, Lord, for those that are connected in our online campus this morning for those that are gathered in this room. God, I pray, Lord, that today, Lord, we would be encouraged to trust you in the midst of our struggles. God, that we would be encouraged, Lord, to cast our care on you. And God, we might even begin to think about what that looks like. Father, I pray, God, that you would uh, work in the midst of our lives. God, that you would meet us, every one of us, exactly where we're at. God, and Lord, we know that you love us right where we're at, Lord, and you love us too much to leave us that way, Lord. And so we pray, God, that you would continue to conform us to your image, Lord, that you would continue to help us to trust you with all of our heart, God, not to lean on our own understanding and our own ways, but, Lord, that in everything in our lives, Lord, in all of our ways, Lord, that we would acknowledge you, Lord, and that you would direct us, Lord, that you would give us wisdom for this journey, Father. And we ask this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Beginning in verse 5, Scripture says this, you younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you. And so we want to pick up right here. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. I want you to read that and soak that in. So he says we're to clothe ourselves with humility. And there's a reason for that because God is opposed to the proud. Like that's enough for, to get my attention and when the body of Christ clothes itself in humility, it does something special. So you'll see this, this thought or this statement. Uh, it says, clothing the body in humility clears the way to battle anxiety together. And so there's this command that we have to be 
in humility toward one another and to clothe ourselves in humility. Now, our world says that the way to get ahead, that glory comes from being aggressive, that glory comes from being tough with people and being rude, and we see that all around. But the Bible presents an upside-down kingdom. The Bible presents an upside-down kingdom where the humble are exalted. Now, we think about humility, and if we look in the Scripture, we'll see second to love. This is maybe the most visible character trait that is uh, taught in the New Testament. We uh, see this picture of that, and it should be part of our everyday lives. Ephesians 4 says that we're uh, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we've received. We walk in that way with humility and gentleness, right? This is who we are supposed to be as followers of Jesus Christ, that we walk with patience and tolerance, that we do those kind of things in love. Jesus gave an example. He he spoke this parable in Luke chapter 14. Uh, We'll read verse 7 through 11 in Luke's gospel chapter number 14. And we're going to see some things that are just an upside down kingdom. Beginning in verse 7, we read this. And he began speaking a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out places of honor at the table, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for someone more distinguished than you may have been invited. By him, And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this man. And then in disgrace, you proceed to occupy last place. But when you are invited, go and recline at the last place. This is how we are to be as followers of Jesus Christ when we engage with one another. He says, occupy the last place so that when the one who has invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, Move up higher, and then you will have honor in the sight of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, we, we all think about getting dressed. We think about the way that we prepare for a day. And we think about this picture that we need to clothe ourselves with humility. This is an action, and this is not uh, thinking less of ourselves. It's not to think uh, poorly of ourselves, maybe less of ourselves, but it's not demeaning ourselves. Warren Wiersbe says humility is not demeaning ourselves and thinking poorly. It is simply not thinking of ourselves at all. I love that quote. Right? We, when we have our mind, someone wants it so much different. Now, we think about what we wear. We thought about what we wore when we got up this morning to come to church, and, and I see uh, in, our, in kids, when our kids are like super young, like they don't care what they wear, right? They, it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have to match. It doesn't have to, it's like whatever's their favorite, right? It doesn't matter if they've worn it seven days in a row. It doesn't matter any of those kind of things, right? It's just how that works. But as they grow older, you know, they want to fit in. They want different things. And so there's this, this picture that's there. And in our lives, as intentional as we might be about what we put on the outside, We need to clothe ourselves with humility on the inside to take the lesser seat. Jesus gave us this picture. He gave his disciples this picture when he girded himself with a towel, when he clothed himself. It's that kind of picture that we're seeing here, that he clothed himself with this towel. He clothed himself with this humility that we see, and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, in this passage, it said God opposes the proud. 
that right there is enough, right? It's this picture of an army that's being set against an enemy. And so we think about God. He opposes the proud. He stands against those who look down on others. He stands against those who feel superior, right? God knows the heart. God knows our motives, right? He looks, he opposes those who are prejudiced, those who are boastful, those who are haughty, and he gives grace to those who are humble. Boy, I want a good dose of God's grace in my life, right? When I think about it, and if God opposes something, I don't want to be that, right? Then he says in verse 6, Therefore, humble yourselves, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Now, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, it, it does something. So we're to be, live in humility. We're to clothe ourselves in humility with one another. And when we do that, it provides an atmosphere, right, where we can battle these things together, where we walk together as the body of Christ, as believers. But when we humble ourselves and under his mighty hand, we recognize that the battle belongs to the Lord. So we humble ourselves one to another, and there ought to be a comfort level in this room to walk in here broken, because we are not home yet, and we are not there yet, and we ought to be able to walk in and say, you know what, I'm struggling with these things in my life, and I need my brothers, I need those kind of things, that we ought to feel comfortable in that moment, because that's where, and we recognize that these battles, when we humble ourselves before God's mighty hand, we recognize how glorious our God is, and we humble ourselves before Him. Look, look at Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. You'll see them on the screen. He says this, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool, right? I want you to just get a picture of our great God. He said, heaven is my throne, and the earth, the, the thing that seems so big to us, and the thing that seems so overwhelming to us, right, is His Footstool. You know, Pastor Ron was talking about Peter walking on the water, right? And, you know, he, he, he went down under the water, right? But I'm reminded that, that the very thing that they were afraid of, right, when the, when the waves would crash in at the boat, the very thing that was over Peter's head when he began to sink was under the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he looked and he said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And he says, where's there a house you could build for me? He said, he can't be contained in houses made with human hands. There is no place. Where, where is that? That kind of place. But he says this in verse 2. He said, for my hand made all things. I want you to know that the God of heaven spoke this universe into existence without even breaking a sweat. Right? That is the God that we serve. He says, I made all these things. My hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. He says, man, I'm hungry. Right? We look at the greatness of our God. But look at the end of this verse. He said, but to this one, I will look. To him who is humble and contrite of spirit and trembles at my word. God is mindful of those that fear him and those that love him and those that humble themselves before the hand of a mighty God. And I, I want to remind you that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Both the humble and the proud are under his mighty hand. But there is one that is under his mighty hand to be lifted up and another that is under his mighty hand in judgment. And the believers at Peter's day, they were facing persecution. They were facing those kind of things. Many had been forced to flee for their very lives. And he says this, he says, but in due time, he said in, in, in the right 
season, right? In the proper time. He says that, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Now, this is God's time, right? We, we sometimes struggle in that, but in God's time, right, we fix our eyes on this hope that we have in Christ, this blessed hope that we have, and we recognize that in God's time, right, all is going to be made right. In verse 7, he says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, this word merimne in the Greek, it's, it's this thought of care and anxiety. It's this picture of concern or worries. And, and here's this reality. We all have anxieties in our life. We all have those kind of things in our life. And God cares. We all have anxieties. We all have stress. We all have burdens. We all have worries. And God cares. I want to ask Kelly to come help me for just a second. And I... I didn't bring my trash, but it was a little bit of a load getting in this morning. And, and I've got a few things. And Kelly, I want you to hold these for me while I preach. I know you've probably been working out and all those kind of things. And so we're just going to kind of put these anywhere so you can hold this. So, so we have things that come in our life. And we think about these stresses and we think about the things that we face. Now, these folks that Peter was writing to, they were facing persecutions. They were facing all kind of things. But in the midst of this broken world, right, we face health issues. We, we worry about those things. We, we wonder what tomorrow brings. And we have aches and pains. And we wonder how that's going to look. And, and all of a sudden, COVID hits. And, and last year, all of a sudden, now there's all these new things that we've got to think about. There's all these wonders of how do I engage? What do I do? How, how does this look? Uh, how, how is this going to affect my family? What do I do here? What's the right thing to do? How do we balance those kind of things? What does that look like? And it's changed so many things about our lives, right? And in the midst of all that, maybe some of you are facing grief, and that could be from the loss of of a loved one, right? That could be from the loss of a job. It could be from the loss of all kind of things. And so here we are, and, and we're in the midst of this life, and we, we're, we're navigating because all of us face health issues at times. All of us have walked through this COVID dynamic together, and, and, and there's loss, and there's things even from that that we feel, and every person in here experiences those kind of things, and the weight just continues to grow. The weight just continues to get bigger and bigger. And then... Oh, no, we turned on the news. I, I, I did just a, a test yesterday, and I, I made a decision that I'm just not going to watch news very much. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just not going to, right? I didn't know anything was wrong yesterday until I turned on the news, right? Like everything was good at my house. But you turn on the news, and all of a sudden, you're there. And the, and the modern media, they, they take us from where we're at, and we have this false sense of omnipresence and this false sense of the ability to engage with stuff, and it's like we're everywhere that it's there, right? It's taken through visual media. It's taken through there, and it becomes overwhelming. Let me pull up my notifications. I turned on notifications for one news app. That I had, and I was going to put it on the screen, but I began to have anxiety because some of you would say, well, that's the wrong news app. You should probably get a different news app because that news is not good news. And, and if I got the other news app, then somebody else would say, you know what? I'm pretty sure that that's not the right news app. And so there's only one good news app. And so you need to get this app and that app and this app and that app. And, and you have all those things. And so I really don't know what to believe. And I don't really know what's there. And so you look at those things and it says, Here, here's a few things 
Um, I found out that there's an NBA legend under fire over shocking Georgia Bulldogs mascot comparison. I have no idea what that's about. I didn't look at it, but it's on there. Uh, I found another interesting thing. Uh, Duck Dynasty star and his family have been reportedly sued by a drive-by shooting suspect. I had no idea about that yesterday. I'm, it's interesting. It, it's so different. There's a tragic ending for a missing Indonesian submarine with 53 aboard, and, and, and your heart pulls to that. Some of those other things, you're like, I don't even know what's going on with some of those, but then you think about, oh my goodness, there's this submarine that's missing. And then the CDC has taken its first step in allowing Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines to resume. And then the notification that's right under that, it's interesting, it says more problems for Johnson & Johnson after vaccine. So, so I'm, I'm reading all that, I don't really know. A, a dramatic search is underway. There's a senator that did this. There's, there's this person that's running for office. There's a mom that goes viral for erupting in a school board meeting over masks. There's a, are masks really necessary for vaccinated people? That's what you need to know. Uh, neighbors with the, this is all yesterday okay this is all yesterday um and, and it just continues to go and go and go and, and it gives us these kind of pictures chilling 911 call reveals chaos before this happens and before that happens and cartels are recruiting american teens to do their dirty work and somehow if you've got an american teen in here you're going oh my goodness is there a cartel that's recruiting my daughter because she's a teenager and how do i prevent the cartel and our mind continues to go and, and if you remember when covid hit man there was all these things and it would come at us in this cycle and, and we would almost feel overwhelmed to the point of not knowing what to do. And not only with that, then you've got relationships. And these relationships that, that are coming at us, right? Some of us have family strain. And some of us have uh, all of these dynamics. And we recognize in the midst of this that we are to have a relationship with God. But somehow we don't feel like we have time to have this kind of relationship. And then relationships with other people become stressed and we don't know how to handle them. And then all of a sudden, man, finances are strained and we're wondering how are we going to pay the bills and what's going to happen next with all these kind of dynamics. And, and, and we, oh man, I don't know what to do there. And then and school comes on top of that. And some of our kids are trying to figure out how to navigate school. And some of our parents, then all of a sudden, we have homeschool. And we've never homeschooled. Some people have been homeschooled. They didn't even know anything happened. But then all of a sudden, people were at home. And that feels overwhelming. And then our kids are not used to navigating some of these things. So they're trying to balance school. And, and all of a sudden, that begins to be overwhelming. And the list could go on and on and on. And then maybe there's marriage trouble. Maybe there's problems that are going on there. And all of a sudden... Those things begin to weigh on us, and we're, we're, we're balancing all these things, and we feel like our whole life we're carrying those kind of things. We're feeling overwhelmed because it is more and more, and we don't know how in the world. Just right, right there. It's good. And even, even as tall as kids, and then we've got work, right? And we'll just lean that right here. And so if you just hang on just a second. We've got some anxiety, right? And you could put different boxes on there. You could list all of those kind of things. And the reality is that those things get heavy. But the scripture tells us that we have a God who knows and a God who cares. And we get to where all we can see is the mess. There's so many things in our life that we can't look out and see this beautiful congregation of people. We can't look out and see. All we can see are the struggles and the strains and the things that are coming at us and all those things in our minds get weary our lives grow weary and we take these situations and we say you know what I've got these health issues so the news didn't give me a good answer but I will go on WebMD and I'm telling you every symptom that you have in here somehow results in death it's just how it, I mean and like if you go down the worst possible scenario our minds continually face these kind of things 
and we live in the worst possible scenario when most of the things that we're worried about have never happened. Our lives grow weary. We get weighed down. We can't see. And instead of carrying them ourselves, right, we need to trust a different direction. I want to give you a quick definition. You doing okay over there? Okay. All right. So just hang tight. So when we look at this word, it says that we cast all of our cares, right? It says casting all of our anxiety on him. This word for casting, it's eperipto. It's an interesting word, and it means to hurl or to place something with just great force. It's this picture uh, of great energy. And so this picture of casting, that's the word that we get. And so I brought a fishing pole. This is not the kind I normally use, but when we have a fishing pole and we teach somebody to fish, there's something that has to happen in order for us to cast, right? We push this button and we cast I don't know if you've ever took a child fishing for the first time and they try to cast it looks something like this and in order for us to cast what has to happen yeah we've got to let go right so we're holding on to all these things with everything that we have and there's this command that we have, right? And it's, a, it's an act of obedience and trust to a God who says, I've created all this and all of earth is my footstool, right? That, that I'm sovereign in all things. And he says, you've got to let go of some of these things. And you've got to put them in my hands. This word's only used one other time in the scripture. Hang on, I'm almost done. And, and it's only used one other time. It's used in Luke 19. And I think it's interesting. If you want to turn to Luke 19, I think I'll have these on the screen uh, as well. But beginning, we're, we're just going to look at a couple of verses, but let's look at verse 35. So it's used, Jesus had sent his disciples onto this village, and he says, when you get there, uh, you're going to find a colt tied up, right? You remember this story, right? We think about Palm Sunday. He said, you're going to find this colt, and, and when you find him, uh, untie him, and, and then you're going to bring him to me. And he says, if anybody asks, if like they call 911 or threaten to, or if they look at any of those kind of things, he said, just tell them that the Lord has need of it. So we see this happen. It fulfills a prophecy by Zechariah. We see all these things taking place. And this one other time in the scripture that this word for casting, this eparipto, this word is used only one time. And it says in verse 35 that they brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats. When it says they threw their coats, it is eparipto. So they cast their coats, they threw those things on the colt and they put Jesus on it. Verse 37, we're just going to skip one and go down. It says, as soon as he was approaching, so we know that Jesus is going to ride uh, into Jerusalem. We're going to see these palm branches that are waved. We're going to see this rejoicing that takes place. It says, as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles that they had seen. So I want to give you this picture. And, and so here's the only other time that this is used. And so the disciples, it says that they take their coats and they place them on this colt. And then Jesus is on top of these coats, on top of these garments. And I can only imagine the rejoicing. Can you picture that scene when it says that this whole crowd of disciples begin to praise God joyfully with a loud voice? And, and I'm just thinking, I, don't, I remember taking my kids to Siler Ball and they had coats and they took them off on the way up there and, and all the little kids in my group I end up carrying their coats and their jackets and all those things and walking up there because I wanted to make it easy for them and they were able to enjoy the trip in an incredible way and I can imagine these disciples that had laid their garments and the extra things maybe that they had had and Jesus was sitting on them then all of a sudden when they began to rejoice when they began uh, to praise him and when they began to lift their hands and shout Hosanna when they began to do those kind of things all the things that they were 
were carrying had been cast on this colt. And I imagine the freedom that they had to praise him and rejoice was greater than what they would have had otherwise. And my heart in all of this, right, that we, and under all of the stresses and all the things, as we try to balance all those things, we don't have the freedom to worship God like He is sometimes. We, we get under the weight of all those things, and we can't see the glory and the goodness of God because all we see is our struggle. All we see is our mess. And Jesus, we see desires. He says, Cast, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Peter Wright, cast all of your anxiety, cast all of your cares on him. Right, cast everything. We humble ourselves. It takes humility in that. It takes humility to say, you know what? I can't handle these things on my own. I, I can't keep these things all day. Even though these are empty boxes, eventually they get heavy. Yeah. Are they already there? Yeah, they're there. And so... We'll lay these here. But the reality is that as we lay these burdens down, do you feel freer? We humble ourselves. Thank you, Kelly, for your, for your help. Um, we humble ourselves and under the mighty hand of God, and we know we say, you know what? Our God spoke this whole world into existence without even breaking a sweat. And he can handle all of these Things Now, we have a role to play in them. It doesn't mean that we just lay these down, but it says that we're going to humble ourselves and under the mighty hand of God. And what that means, what I believe that we see when people have humbled themselves and under the mighty hand of God, and then we cast our cares on him, we say, you know what? I can't handle all these things. I can't hold them, so I'm going to trust them in your care, and then I'm going to submit to your way. So it says, hey, I'm struggling in my situation at work, and I'm feeling like I can't carry that anymore. But I know that uh, the Scripture says to work as if I'm working for the Lord. So no matter if I've got a difficult boss, and no matter if all these things are not looking good, I'm working as if I'm working to the Lord because that is worship. And so rather than stressing, God, I'm going to trust my job situation in your hands. God, you know the needs that I have. You know the things that are there. God, I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I lay these things at your feet. Now take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough trouble for itself. I'm going to take every thought captive. I'm going to walk in obedience to your plan as we look down through these things we say you know what our marriage is going through difficult times there's walking through hard things but I know God that you said that as a husband I'm to love my court life like Christ loved the church as a parent if it's a relational struggle there you say you know what I know that it says fathers I'm not to exasperate my children but I'm to nurture them and train them up in, in, in the love and admonition of the father right that I'm to teach them and I'm to help them grow and every situation that we face will find answers in his word for how we are to navigate those situations. And so we trust them in his care. We cast them at his feet. We say, God, you have to carry these things because I can't carry them. I can't walk. But then I'm going to submit and humble myself and believe what your word says. And we worship him. We have freedom to worship him because we're not bound in the struggles of this life. You know, by the end of the week, I am looking at our staff here, and near the end of the week, I won't lay anything. I try my best not to add extra things to them because in my mind, I feel like they've already got enough, and they're trying to get these things together, and so I don't want to add anything. And so no matter what uh, comes, I do my best, and I feel like my attitude is to say, you know what, I will carry those things because I don't want to add those to somebody else. 
because I worry, like, can they handle that? Is that going to be too much? But I want you to know that there's nothing too much for our God to handle. There's no care. I want you to, to look at it. It said cast all. You know, this is, some of these things may be very minor things. Some of them may be very difficult things, but they all add up. And he says there's nothing too small. He said there's nothing that is insignificant. And he says we cast all of our cares on him. And in order to cast those cares, we have got to be willing to let go. We've got to take our grip and feel like if we uh, stop holding on to this so tightly that it's going to all fall apart, we have to say, you know what, God, I trust you in the midst of everything that I face. And I'm going to cast everything that I have on you. And I'm going to let go. And I'm going to leave it in the hands of a good, good father. Because the reality is worry wrestles a battle that we can never win. Worry wrestles this battle and we will never, ever win. It just gets bigger and bigger. Our mind keeps running. Our mind keeps running. All those things there. But worship surrenders the battle to the Lord. Worship says, God, you are able. You are faithful. And I believe with all my heart that you are working for good and for your glory. And in due time, I, hum I humbly submit myself before you. And I know that in due time, God, in your season, Kairos, in that time, that you will exalt and you will work. He is watching over us. He is faithful. He is loving. He is a good father. And we can cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. I want to read you a prayer in Psalm 139. And we're just going to close in a time of prayer. Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24 says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And I want to encourage every person in this room. You know, there's times in my life where I've gotten away. I, we used to go to Hazel Creek, and we would get off the, the boat over there, and we would hike back up into the mountains. And all of a sudden, there was this place called Hall's Cabin, and you could sit on the porch of this cabin. And one of the things that always stood out to me is somehow when I would sit on the porch of Hall's Cabin, and I would sit down in the midst of God's creation and talk to him, and all of a sudden it it would just feel like a weight was just lifted off, right? And I would always make this statement. I would say, boy, you didn't really know how much you were dealing with until you laid it down, until you got away from it for just a minute. And we need those times in our life where we just are still and know that he's God, where we're willing just to sit at his feet. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Would you pray that today with me? Just, God, will you search my heart? I don't know all the struggles and all the things that every individual faces in this room. But I know that our God knows. And he cares. And he says, you can carry them if you want to. But my heart is that you would trust me. Heart is that you would know how much I love you and how mighty I am, and that you would lay those things at his feet. The only way to cast our cares 
is to let it go. And our faith and our trust. Really, that's what God desires from us, right? That we, you know, I tell kids that when we think about faith, we think about trust and their willingness, right, to trust God with everything. We we read in the scriptures that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart. A lot of times they think about this thing that beats in our chest, right? But this heart representing everything about us. It's it's all of us, right? And we believe we trust him with everything. And that's his desire that we might say, you know what, God, I trust you with everything. And our trust is displayed in our life by our willingness to lay it down. To do what we can do. Right, if school's a stress, which it is for me right now, like every day I think, you know what, Hebrew's gonna kill me. I'm gonna hate it. Um, it's, it's like, you know, I, I get anxious every time I take a test. I get anxious every time I open the book because all those words look the same to me. And I think, and my mind runs, all those kind of things. I might say, God, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you with school. Maybe some of you are in that boat. You say, you know what, I need to trust you with school. So I trust him with school, but I still have a responsibility to open my book and study, right? It, it, it's a combination, right? But we trust him in those areas, and we lay it down. And we say, you know what, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do everything I can do, but I trust you. Will you bow your heads and just close your eyes for a moment? And I want you just to think about whatever things may may be wearing you down, whatever things may be heavier, and maybe it's just a combination of a lot of things. As the psalmist wrote, search me, O God, and know my heart. Lord, I pray, God, that you would reveal to us, Lord, the things that we are holding so tightly. Lord, things that we feel like if somehow we release into your care, Lord, that it seems like everything would, Lord, just go everywhere. Lord, we, we, we pray, God, that you would reveal God, areas in our life, Lord, where we need to just lay those things at your feet, Lord, that we might be able to cast our care on you, Lord, knowing that you care for us, that you are sovereign, that you are good, Lord, and that you are working. Lord, I, I pray for every person that's gathered in this room and that are gathered online, God, I pray, Lord, that we would believe your word, God, that we would believe when you say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Or maybe there's someone that has never trusted you for salvation, Lord, that has never just surrendered their all to you, Lord, surrendered their life to say, God, I, I surrender everything, God. My life is yours. Lord, I trust everything into your mighty hands. Lord, I pray, God, that you would convict hearts, Lord, that you would stir, and that, God, today there might be some that would just lay their lives at your feet. God, that would confess and know that you are Lord, Lord, that they would turn from their way and their sinful lives, Lord, and that they would turn to you. God, we pray, Lord, that you would stir in their hearts, God, and that they would be willing, Lord, to take that step, God, that they would be willing to connect, Lord, and to call on your name. Lord, for every person, God, gathered. Lord, I pray, God, that whatever anxieties, whatever cares, whatever things that we carried in today, Lord, that we symbolically, Lord, even in these moments, Lord, in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, can lay those at your feet. God, that we might cast them, Lord, that we might throw them. And Lord, that we might leave them there. God, I pray, Lord, for God, those that are carrying things that are greater than we can imagine. 
And Lord, I pray, God, that your strong hand, Lord, that your righteous right hand, Lord, would hold them and would guide them. Lord, that even though they may feel pressed and crushed, Lord, that they would still remember, Lord, that they are in the palm of your hand, God, and that you are working, Father, that you've not forgotten them, that you've not forsaken them, Lord, and that you will carry us through the midst of the hard days, Lord, that you will carry not only our burdens, Lord, but that you carry us, Lord, and that you walk with us, not around the path of suffering, Lord, but through it on the way to glory. And Lord, when you are revealed, God, we too will be revealed with you in glory. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your love for us, God, and we pray and ask for your blessing on this congregation, Lord, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.